Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. It's nice to have the sheriff here in studio. Good morning, my friend. Good morning. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. Life life is good, other than I was telling you that the Ark's not having any pickleball over uh, the That next... is the headline yeah. story this morning. Right. And uh, so, um, but no, other than that, life is good. Uh, work is great. A lot of stuff going on. Personal life's great. So, yeah, nothing for me to complain about. Well, that's a good attitude to have in the holidays. And uh, I know I've seen... Several headlines and just even our recent uh, discussions talking about the uh, training facility. Are we still on pace for maybe a groundbreaking in March? Is that what you're looking at? Yeah, we are. In fact, uh, I've got a noon meeting with the architect today. Um, All that's going really well. Um, I had all of my... Uh, resident experts, you know, in defense tactics, firearms. Everybody looked at the the plans for one last time yesterday. We made a few additional tweaks, but yeah, we're we're good to go. I mean, out to bid in January, hopefully approval of the 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 winning bid in February, and then breaking ground in March is what the plan is. What is the overall uh, estimated price tag for the project? So, and that's been it's kind been, of been a moving target. It right? has been because we haven't been given that, and so a lot of our friends in the media are just like coming up with numbers. Well, I don't want to do <laughs> no, that. No, no, So I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you the accurate part. So we, we think that the training center and the range, the tactical gun range, two separate buildings, uh, are going to be around $14 million. Okay. And then we have applied for a grant for the child care center w- through the Department of Public Safety. Uh, we've asked for $4 million. The building will not cost that much. Um, but if we were able to get that much money, then the commission would have to do a dollar-for-dollar match on that $4 million. And so we think the total project... Um, you know, roughly would be around 16, 16 and a half without owner's cost. You know, because when, when you start talking about this, you're going to have to talk about technology and the camera systems. And um, if you get into childcare, right, you're going to have cribs, you're going to have play stuff, uh, you know, playground area. And so there will be some additional costs, but that's a pretty close estimate on the numbers if, if uh, suppliers don't change costs, you know, between now and then. I'm glad you mentioned that number, three facilities. What are those three facilities we're looking at again? Obviously, the training center. Training center, which will house uh, a training room that's 160 capacity. We'll have a defense tactics room, a simulation room. And then what's most important to me is a very large warehouse to where we can do scenario-based training. So we can do traffic stops. We can do domestic violence incidents, mental health de-escalation, building search. We can do a variety of those things that then the deputies and law enforcement officers that train with us can pull from when they get out on the street and they have to to, they see something similar to that. They have something to reference to because they've been through that scenario-based training. So we've done that well, for decades, you know, in fact, David Lyle went through it. So yeah, you know, we've yeah. had some other folks that have gone through it. And so it's just really good training. And so that's what the purpose of the training center will be. And in then, that big room that you're talking about to, to have those exercises, would that include filming the process oh, by all so means. the officers can kind of look at get the bird's eye view the god view of what's going down and see what they did right and wrong by that all kind means of thing. so big big screen on the wall 
everything's cameraed up, you run through the scenario, and then boom, you debrief and throw it up on the big screen, and then they can see exactly what they did well, where they would need to improve, and then uh, we'll go to the next group. But everybody would then benefit because you can throw that scenario up for everybody to see that's in the training. So it's going to be really good stuff. I mean, we're super, super excited about it. All right. The other thing you've been making headlines here with, the potential child care center that is part of this, offering child care to officers uh, in the county. The need for that, and it sounds like uh, the reaction to it's been pretty positive. Yeah, and so, you know, Janet Thompson, I give her all the credit in the world on this. We've been talking about this for a few years. Obviously didn't have funding for it, right? Right. My priority was the training center and the tactical firearm range. And so we learned uh, while we were down at Jeff City that one of the governor's initiatives was someone to pilot this child care kind of philosophy for um, first responders. And so we, we started doing some research. San Diego PD is the only other law enforcement agency in the country that does this. They do, I think they're around 3,000 square feet. They have about 50 kids. Of course, their, their rules and Missouri rules are a little bit different because we have to follow, you know, the, the number of kids per prov- provider, how many square feet you have to have in a classroom. So we're kind of getting into an industry that we're not real familiar with. Yeah. And so why it's exciting, it's also a little bit, you know, scary. And, and so we ended up, we learned of a grant through the Department of Public Safety that uh, was really two, two things on the grading rubric. One, providing training for those law enforcement officers that don't have the means or the space. Check, right? right. We already do that with our canine and we're going to do that with our new training facility. And then the second one was providing child care for first responders. So by statute, um, 911 operators fall in that, jail staff falls in that. And so what our focus is going to be, and, and we've been really transparent about this, is if we get the funding, we're going to build it on our campus with the other two buildings north of our main entrance right. into the sheriff's office. And then we need to get our feet underneath those. And so we will open that up for our campus. So the the building that we're building, and these are all just metal buildings. I mean, no Taj Mahal type buildings, okay. right? And so we're going to build 5,000 square feet on an unfinished walkout basement. So the 5,000 will be for the first stage of this as we get our feet underneath us. We'll do our campus only uh, as it grows over the next several years. And as we feel comfortable, we will then open that up to our other first responder partners. So that could be other law enforcement. That could be EMS, fire. Um, So we will grow it, but we're going to try to grow it slowly. And, of course, this another tool in attracting and retaining important personnel. Game a conversation you and I have on a monthly basis, but I can only imagine you've been waiting for something like this. This is a big carrot to dangle in front of a potential employee. Yeah, you know, San Diego tells us they have a five-year waiting list. Are you so, kidding me? Well, yeah, be, I believe that, you know, though. Because, I mean, child care is hard to find, Absolutely. And, it's, and it's freaking expensive. Yes. And so you'll have cops, I'm assuming, in, in the San Diego area that are working maybe for smaller agencies or whatever that are coming to their agency or wanting to come to their agency for that benefit. And then they do, their model uh, is really interesting. I mean, they do... 50% of market. So, you know, what I always tell people is if you in Columbia say that a month's worth of childcare for one, you know, one infant is 2000, we'll charge $1,000. So that's a benefit to the employee, plus your guaranteed childcare. And then in my mind, what we'll do is use like the Children's Services Fund tax to help supplement that. Um, and then, of course, we'll be bringing revenue in, not a lot of revenue for the training center, but we're, we're just trying to look at how we can make that work 
not only be able to attract and hire, but then obviously retain them once once they get there. And so, I mean, we're doing a really good job of that right now, I think just with our culture. But, I mean, this will be a game changer for the future. So, yeah. Get an inside look at Hollywood with Michael Rosenbaum. Let's get inside of my buddy, Kumal Nanjiani. When you talk about Eternals and it wasn't the response that you were hoping, how did that affect you? Marvel thought that we'd be going on a wave of raves, you know, and it wasn't true. The reviews were really bad. And you were aware of it while you were on tour? Yeah, I was too aware of it. And so very intentionally, I did start counseling. Emily says that I do have trauma from it. Inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. Wherever you listen. Looking at all three of those facilities, new facilities, are they uh, the groundbreaking and the availability when they will be finalized? Is it, is it all the same timeline? Or are they separate timelines? Yeah, so what I want to do, is, and, and I look at when a developer will buy a street, right? They, they bring their uh, dirt guys in and their plumbers in and the, the flat guys or walls, which whichever concrete guys they need. And then when they get done, then the framer comes and they just kind of work down the street. That's kind of the same philosophy that I'd like to use on this. The tactical range is about the size of a football field, but it's wow. all concrete, no finished square footage. So I'd like to to bring the concrete guys in, start on that building first, then move to the training center. It's going to be a monster slab uh, and then go to the child care center. And then the goal, my goal would be to open all three doors January 1 of 2026. All right. So that's the goal. I love the sound of that. Now, let me ask you behind the scenes, how long have you been kind of laying the groundwork for this to happen? I know it's you've talked in the process of especially the training center, but now that we're getting close to the groundbreaking, all three buildings, this has to be uh, feeling pretty good uh, as far as uh, coming to the end of something you've been trying to bring here. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we we lost the use of the fairgrounds in 2020 when Mm -hmm. it was transferred to the city. So we've been working on this for a couple of years. In fact, um, Eric Miller with PW Architects and I, we've had a lot of meetings and we looked at the plans a lot as we developed them. That's why I wanted to get some fresh eyes on them yesterday for stuff that, you know, I've looked at them so much that I might be missing. And, and that worked really well because we were able to, to identify a few things. So, um, and then, you know, just having, having a commission that's all in supporting, you know, the stuff that, that we need and that we're wanting to do, I think is such a huge piece in this. I mean, Kip Kendrick's been freaking incredible this first year of office. Fantastic. All right. Well, exciting news. We'll follow up on it each time you come in here in the months to come. Yeah. Uh, It is the holidays. It's the month of December. What keeps your officers busy during this time of year? Just, you know, the same stuff. That, that we're doing the rest of the year. Um, Porch Pirates, is that a, is that a thing? Yeah, you know, I know well, yeah, that's more sure. of a city yeah, thing. But, but, but we have, yeah, we, we get a taste of everything uh, in the county. But, yeah, same stuff. I mean, I mean, third shift guys were in a pursuit last night and, uh, you know, got a, a weapons guy with some warrants. And so, I mean, they're just doing really good work. But, uh, but it's the same stuff you know, every day, really. Um, And they just do an incredible job out on the road. You just had a lunch with the city's newly appointed police chief. How was that meeting? And uh, how do you see the two departments working together, moving down the road here? Yeah, so we've always done that. Well, I shouldn't say we've always done that. During (laughs) during about 10 years, we didn't. But um, so Brian Weimer, the the chief of the University Police Department, yes. and then obviously the the chief for the Columbia Police Department and I will get together once a month, and 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 some stuff that we talk about stays at the table, and other stuff you know I can talk about. So the the meeting yesterday, a great lunch, about two hours long. Um, you know, I I think it's important for people to know 
that, and, and I'm going to call her Jill. I've known her for a lot of yeah, years, but, yeah. but Jill knows what needs to be done. I mean, like she knows where they're good and then where their deficiencies are. Um, but she's just got to have the people above her to let her do what she needs to do. And I think of some training that we brought in a couple years ago. It's Echelon Front. It's some, some former Navy SEALs, and it's extreme ownership, if people have ever heard of that. But, but one of the things they really talk about is, you know, you have to identify what your deficiencies are, and then you have to prioritize those and then execute those, right? And so it's easy for me to do that because I don't have anyone other than, you know, the registered voters, and they decide every four years whether they like what I'm doing or not. But for a police chief, it's a little more difficult, right? Because you right. got council, you got city manager, you got a mayor. And so, I mean, that's what she needs the support of being able to prioritize and then execute what she's wanting to execute because she knows what needs to be fixed. And then again, she knows where they're good. And so, yeah, it was a good meeting. Um, obviously, they do a lot of stuff with the university police department as well. You know, and, and we had brought the university police department in on our echelon front training this last year. So Brian and his group, they've already got a taste of this extreme ownership, you know, accountability um, uh, learning how to lead effectively and, and then owning. We're, we're all going to make mistakes, but instead of pointing fingers at someone else, owning your mistakes and then learning from that and moving on. So, we, you know, we've done it. That's national training stuff. So, I mean, that's really good. And that's something that I'd like to bring to our other law enforcement partners once we get this training center up because it is just really quality training. So, um, and we also talked to, to, to Jill a lot about Kalia. Um, Brian and I, you know, obviously university was uh, CLIA accredited before we were. Right. Brian helped us a lot in that process. Um, Explain to the listeners what CALEA is if they're not familiar so with it. So it's, it's a national accreditation, and basically it's designed to – there are national best practices that are right. identified. Right. And then you want to operate your agency under those best practices, and then you have to show proofs annually that you are actually doing those best practices. Right. So we are in our fourth year of accreditation uh, after your initial accreditation, they do, they'll remote in and look at your policies and look at your proofs. And then at the four year mark, they'll actually come on site in March here in Boone County and they'll look at not only our policies and our proofs, but they'll look at our evidence room and, and they might pull a hundred pieces of evidence to make sure that we're doing what we need to do as far as maintaining custody of that. And so, you know, as Brian and I were talking yesterday with Jill, it's really, it's really designed to change your change your culture, mm -hmm. right? So um, you're you're setting out all these policies, and and the cops don't like it initially, right? I mean, there's just you know having to do proofs. I mean, it's a lot of extra work, busy work, yeah. right? But but once you get those policies in place and they're based on best practices, your community knows that you're doing all the right stuff. Um, it's very clear cut for your for your officers because they know what the policies are. You know, there, there's no gray area with that. Um, and so I know the city's been trying to do that really probably for decades. And and so we were suggesting to her, and obviously she's going to run her agency the way she wants, but we were suggesting don't forget about Kalia. Like, right. Like that would be a big culture change and would help you start moving, you know, in the right direction. So, yeah, it was just that kind of conversation, but super friendly. Um 
yeah, we'll have a great working relationship. There won't be any issues with that. Um, you know, I think it'll be my turn next month to buy. And so, yeah, it's, it, it's all, it's all it's good. It's always your turn. Right, yeah. Uh, real quick here, as we're running out of time here, um, status with the Ashland Police Department. I know the department had to step in for a short period right. as they were kind of ironing things out. How are things going now? Uh, what's your reflection on uh, the status currently? Yeah, you know, I, I haven't really been involved in it directly since we kind of stepped out of the picture. Scott Young um, is the interim chief. I don't know if they've made him permanent yet or not, um, but, you know, they just settled well, yeah, with the former I heard chief. Was interim. Yeah. yeah, and so, um, you know, we're hopeful that that Scott's willing to take that full time, and I think he's making some some good changes down there. Um, you know, Centralia went through that for a spell, yeah. and Harlan Hatton's doing a great job up there. And so, yeah, I mean, really, when you look at, at Boone County law enforcement, I think um, – you know, it's going in the right direction. Got, got some good leaders in there. And, um, you know, and I tell people all the time, I wish I could tell listeners that we're perfect, but we're not. I mean, I'm cleaning up stuff right now that uh, end of the year stuff so we can be better, you know, at the start of, of you know, 2024. Um, you know, the commission has helped out a lot. Our morale is through the roof right now. Just That's great. With, you know, big raises. Uh, we got a new deferred comp plan for our certified folks to where uh, they have the option to retire earlier, um, shift if went up, uh, training pay. So our commission, uh, they are about the employees and I can confidently say they're about public safety in the Boone County Sheriff's Office. All right. I want to wish you and your family. I know you have plans for the holidays. So Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you as well. All right, Sheriff. We'll talk to you again next time. All right. Thank you, David. That is uh, Sheriff Carey, our guest today on News Talk 98.9 FM and 1400 AM KFRU. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. If you sacrifice your dream for the sake of satisfying someone else, that can often lead to ongoing resentment, which then poisons a relationship subtly, slowly, but it does. And if he doesn't want to let you down, then your dreams matter. Afford Anything, wherever you listen.